0: Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz.
1: My favorite Star Wars movie, The Phantom Menace.
2: Are you joking? No,
1: and I'll tell you why. Because of Jar Jar Binks. You're definitely joking. No. Uh, this is called Jar Jar Binks. This is your humble servant. Jar Jar uh, hey. Binks. That character brings back such wonderful memories for me because my son was... was just so enthralled with him and we had Jar Jar Binks stuffed toys and it was just so for some reason that just always stuck with me the movie sort of sucked but I love the (laughs)
0: I love the character wow wow
2: you're the one person in America
0: at the movies with Arch Campbell Jen Cheney and Lou Katz begins now
1: hello hello it's Lou Katz again and welcome to the podcast that keeps you informed On the ever-changing world of entertainment, please welcome the queen yet again of streaming. Ah, The queen! Is she streaking or is she streaming? (laughs) From WTOP Radio and Vulture, let's give it up for Jen Cheney. Hello. Bravo. Bravo. And it looks like from a senior citizen uh, muttering in the corner about single-screen theater still popping popcorn in the lobby, You know him, you love him. Arch Campbell. And we used to go to this thing called a movie theater.
3: You're making it up. (laughs) No, and they were cooking popcorn out of the lobby.
0: Sure, the whole place
3: smelled sure. of it. Well, here we are. It's another week, and I continue to find wonderful things online and streaming. And uh, Jim, you continue to bet a thousand with me. So, uh, what's new in the world of uh, streaming this week?
2: Well, as always, there's plenty. I'll start <laughs> with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know if you ever watched that show on Netflix. Love her. Yeah, starring Ellie
3: Kemper.
2: Mm-hmm. So that show actually ended last year, but they had said they were going to do sort of a movie spinoff, and they have, and it's on Netflix as of this week. Mm. And it's an interactive movie. And I don't know if you ever watched um, Bandersnatch, the Black Mirror movie that was also interactive, but it's the same functionality that they use for Bandersnatch, but they're using it for Kimmy Schmidt. And I have to say, using it in a comedy is just so much more fun and such a better use of the mm. technology for me. I really enjoyed this. Basically, it, it works like a choose-your-own-adventure novel where every few minutes a choice will pop up, like, should Kimmy wear this dress to her wedding or that dress to her wedding? Should Titus go to the gym or should he go home and take a nap and pretend he's gone to the gym? Different choices like that. And and you can go back and obviously make different choices. And sometimes you go back and you make a choice you've already made and it'll open up something different that you didn't see the first time. So it's just, basically, it's, it's like going on a... a joke wormhole constantly finding new ways of um, that they've tried to make you laugh. And it's it's really, really fun.
3: You know, listening to you uh, makes me think about Dead to Me, because it seems like every issue, every uh, episode of Dead to Me, they come up with this outrageous twist at the end, which is sort of like something you would uh, make up. An identical twin? <laughs> 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 you know? <laughs> what? I don't want to give away anything else, but uh, so uh, so that's an interesting concept. how How do you physically choose which way they go?
2: Yeah. so I mean, it depends on what device you're using to watch it. I was just watching it on my TV, so I just use my remote, the same mm-hmm. way that I would use it to to click. On anything on Netflix, Um, if you're using your phone, I'm sure you would just tap it with your finger. Yeah, I mean, and even down to you know how when they usually show opening titles on Netflix, there's always a button like skip, skip past the titles.
3: Right, right. Even that,
2: if you if you hit that on on um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt movie, it takes you into it. Actually, doesn't let you skip it. In fact, it makes it longer. So they they had a clearly had a good time with this.
3: That's amazing to me that the technology can do that. So uh, so that's on Netflix. Yes, great. It is. And what's what is the title again? Uh, the full title
2: Kim- is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt: Kimmy versus the Reverend.
3: Okay, cool. I'm in. So how great is the great? You've got notes on the great. Does it live up to the title?
4: Well,
2: I haven't watched all of it yet. This is a, a series on Hulu that drops on Friday, and it stars Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt. And it's about Catherine the Great and her eventual yes. takeover <laughs> of, her, of of the husband that she's not all that fond of. Mm-hmm. And it was written by and created by Tony McNamara, who, who co-wrote The Favourite a movie that was won some Oscars a couple of years ago. And it's very much in that same vein in that it's sort of a a little bit anachronistic and certainly in the way that they speak to one another, kind of sly and and a little bit wicked take on um, a period piece. And I've only watched a little bit of it, but I definitely was enjoying it. And I have to say Elle Fanning is just, luminous in it she's so so great so if you're into if you like the favorite for example this would be probably something you'd want to check out
3: the favorite was uh, that won the Oscar for um, the actress whose name I'm blanking Olivia out on.
4: yeah yeah and
3: yeah. that's that's the one where the uh, the Royals loved rabbits
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right
3: <laughs> every time I see a bunny rabbit running loose I think of the favorite so the network seemed to love these specials there's a special this week
2: yes there's another special this week Uh, it's on Saturday night it's gonna be on literally every major network as I understand it so you can turn on pretty much whatever channel you want I think and 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 um, check it out it's called graduate together and it's a way to kind of celebrate the class of 2020 Um, at a time when, you know, a lot of people are not getting to have in-person graduation ceremonies. President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are going to be part of it. The Jonas Brothers are going to be part of it. Megan Rapino, the soccer player, a lot of different high-profile figures are going to participate. And um, I believe Barack Obama is going to be delivering the equivalent of a commencement address. Um, So uh, I kind of look, look forward to hearing what he has to say. And, and also, you know, look forward to the inevitable tweet storm about it from our president afterwards, because he's going to drive him <laughs> nuts that Barack Obama is on primetime Saturday night. Anyway, I think, it's, I think it's a really nice thing that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it doesn't make up for people not getting to graduate in person, but it's still kind of a nice thing for people to watch together.
3: What's the backstory of all of this getting together of the uh, networks, of the broadcast networks, at least? Is it that it takes a ne- crisis for ABC, CBS, and NBC to to do something hand in hand?
2: Well, I feel like, you know, that has been the case in the past. Uh, I want to say when they were, there was um, a fundraiser slash special around Hurricane Katrina, for example, I feel like that was uh, on every major network. And so certainly yeah, think, after
3: 9-11.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it is, it really is that. And to be frank it's also it's great programming for them at a time when it's you know maybe they're getting to a point where it's hard for them to figure out what to what to put on um, and having to get creative about it. So something like this that is of interest to people um, and fills time on a Saturday night is kind of a no-brainer for them, I would think.
3: I think the big question now is when are they going to start running out of material? When uh, When is the pipeline going to start drying up?
2: Well, based on what we've been looking at, because we're working on our summer TV preview right now, <laughs> it's it's in July. toward the end of July. It's just like, what's on now? I don't know. Uh I'm sure they'll figure out a way to fill that, but that's when you're going to start to see probably some open spots that need to be
3: filled. Mm, Well, uh, and uh, the Snowpiercer uh, series, uh, we have both anticipated. Uh, I was a big fan of the movie Snowpiercer, and of course that led to uh, Parasite and the the, uh, uh, success of, uh, the director. Uh, mm-hmm. and now, uh, it's coming to TNT.
2: It is. It, it, the first episode debuts on Sunday and, um, I've watched a little bit of it. I need to watch more. I, I will say that, you know, it's, it's very much like a, a, a basic cable, <laughs> uh drama that's not quite as good as bong joon ho's movie uh, um, which was uh, kind of what i expected yeah. so you know maybe don't expect if you temper your expectations maybe you'll be a little more excited about it it's
3: the future and it's dystopian and everybody's on a train Trying to get from yeah. third class to first
4: class.
2: Right. I mean, it's it's uh it's the same premise as the movie that yeah. uh, you know yeah. the the environment is in such a state that in order to survive you have to live on a train at all times, and not everybody gets the same opportunity to be on the train. And once you are on the train, there are there is a whole class system at work. So it is kind of exploring the same issues that Bong Joon Ho explored in Parasite as well, in terms of classism and and economic divides and things like that, but within this kind of action thriller genre.
3: And, uh, and that's TNT. Yes. And they, TNT hasn't, what's, what's TNT's biggest success in years past?
2: Hmm. There was that show they had with Noah Wiley for a while, which was also a dystopian I think it was an alien show, which I can't think of the name yeah,
3: of. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they don't have home runs like AMC or HBO or FX. No, uh-uh. We'll see. I've been watching The Asians on PBS, uh, and this is an interesting time for PBS to do a backstory and history of uh, Asians in America, and I haven't gotten all the way through it, but I just want to say if you have any interest in history, and uh, especially at this time, the Asians is, uh, uh, I think there must be five hours of it. And it starts with the uh, arrival of the Chinese to build the railroads, and then the uh, backlash against the Chinese, leading to the Chinese Exclusion Act of the 1880s. And then, of course, the terrible story of the uh, incarceration of uh, Japanese during World War II. It's a very interesting take on history that comes at a highly... Interesting time when we hear uh, about the Wuhan flu, and when once again we're facing a certain amount of uh, discrimination against uh, Asians. Uh, So uh, I'm sure you can get it on demand. I've been taping it and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Lou, Mentioned Saturday Night Live to me as a recent Did you see the last week's Saturday Night Live, Jim? I did. Lou, Lou uh, messaged me. Lou, what's your take on the latest Saturday Night Live?
1: I have to tell you, I was a little disappointed. Except for the weekend update stuff. You know, I, I don't know. This didn't seem to, I wasn't laughing that much.
3: We were watching Gina and I, and she says, you know, this is not funny. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I always, uh, taped it and, uh, particularly loved, uh, weekend update. And I find that those guys are missing being in the same room with each other. and They're not playing off each other, uh, the way they have. And, uh, and their writing, without an audience, kind of falls flat. And I have read some reviews of particularly the last Saturday Night Live, praising it to the hill.
1: I saw that in the post. I'm going, what? Yeah. I think the Tina Fey piece that she did was sort of cute. but mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I liked the last piece, too, which wasn't funny, necessarily. It was just and the Dreams film where they were all having different dreams about being in New York, the old New York. But I think of the three Saturday Night Live at Homes they did, the second one was absolutely the best one where, you know, it just felt like they were making better use of the format and the sketches were a little bit funnier. The first one, it felt like they didn't quite know what they were doing yet. And the third one, it Mm -hmm. felt like the bell's going to ring. We got to just finish this so we can go on summer vacation.
3: And that's it for them. That's their last episode.
2: For the season, yes.
3: Yeah, Uh, because I... Tape Saturday Night Live, my uh, system also picks up the rerun on Saturday night at 10 o'clock. NBC takes an old Saturday Night Live and cuts it down to uh, 42 minutes. And last Saturday night, they ran a show from 1993, and it was a reminder of just how brilliant Saturday Night Live has been at certain times. This was the cast... That included um, Chris Farley, Kevin Nealon, Adam Sandler, Dana Carvey. And uh, this show featured the debut of Chris Farley as Matt Foley, the uh, motivational speaker who's living in a van down by the river. (laughs) (laughs) And Christina Applegate was the uh, host. And this is from 30 years ago. You know, we're watching her on dead to me. And, uh, Farley, speaking to two kids who'd been caught with pot, gets carried away and smashes into a a coffee table. And I have never heard the kind of, it's been years since I heard the kind of audience shrieks where people were just screaming at him. Uh, And there was also a a segment with Adam Sandler singing a Mother's Day song that was just brilliant. And I just, I want to point out the 10 o'clock rerun of Saturday Night Live on Saturdays every now and then you see a classic show a couple of weeks ago they did one with the first cast with Belushi and uh, Aykroyd and Murray and uh, they're just they're very interesting to watch so that's my take on Saturday Night Live well now here's our producer our announcer he's our partner in crime (laughs) (laughs) he's our enabler and he's Lou Katz with these important words.
1: Like a little sample of some of the features we run on Hound Radio, check this out. Hound Radio welcomes you to the weird and wacky world of dogs. A weekly look at what our canine friends are up to.
0: Large animals tend to live longer than small ones. Think about the different lifespans of an elephant and a mouse, or even within species, a cockatoo and a parakeet. But that doesn't hold true for dogs. Large breeds, such as Mastiffs and Great Danes, have an average lifespan of 10 years, while Chihuahuas and Yorkies can live as long as 20. Evolutionary biologists have some thoughts about that. They note that while large animals, like apes and sharks, may live longer, they reproduce more slowly, giving birth once every few years, while smaller creatures, like mice, can have a litter every few months. They live fast and die young. However, with dogs, they suggest, mortality is not related to reproduction. It has to do with the speed at which they age. Because of their size, large dogs may put more strain on their bodies, meaning they tend to wear out more quickly. But no matter how quickly your pup wears out, it's always too soon. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio. Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz Podcasting System.
3: I think we need to discuss the death of Jerry Stiller, which hit me pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, do you have any memories of Jerry Stiller?
2: I wrote a, a piece yesterday about him, but it was mainly focused on his work on Seinfeld, which like, yeah. was so brilliant.
3: You know, in the obituaries, it uh, noted that originally somebody else had played George Costanza's father, and they yeah. replaced him with Jerry. And Jerry was supposed to be a, a mealy-mouthed, uh, you know, pushed around by his wife. And uh, he did a second tape where he screamed the line <laughs>
4: Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) suddenly they said that's it I went out there to cover Seinfeld uh, at one point and I walked into the studio and uh, he was performing a scene and again it's that thing where the audience is just screeching just screaming Mm -hmm. and the energy from Jerry Stiller filled up an entire sound stage I never interviewed him, but uh, I'll never forget it. Mm. He was, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. We talked about the taking of Pelham 123 a couple of weeks ago,
4: mm-hmm. and that
3: was one of his dramatic high points. Mm-hmm. He, and his, he and Ann Mira were kind of the time, you know, Mike Nichols and Elaine May really were the uh, the cool uh, man-woman man, sophisticates of the 1950s. And he and Ann Mira were kind of a, of a takeoff of that. They did a series of ads for Blue Nun that basically just were riffs on the title Blue Nun. Would you like a little Blue Nun? At your party? Well, I don't know. She'll be by herself. <laughs> Lou, you got any thoughts on Jerry Stiller?
1: I, I always was a big fan of him, and uh, I, I loved his role on Seinfeld. I think it, it it was just perfect. What was that one? The one that they they've been playing in a lot of the clips since he passed away. Festivus for the rest of
3: us, right? It was yeah. so. He's 93 years old, and interesting that his son's comedy is sort of the exact opposite. I mean, you know, Jerry's was this loud, screaming angst, and um, Vin Stiller's comedy is uh, more, uh, you know, cerebral. Not always. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, you're right. You're right. Little Richard died this week. You've got a memory of him as well?
1: Yeah, i got to share a short little story with you about this. Back, uh, gosh, I want to say about 25 years ago... I was doing a radio remote at the Comedy Store on Sunset Strip in Hollywood. And right next door, there was the hotel that we were staying. It turns out this is the place where little Richard was living. He had like a little penthouse (laughs) At the top of this hotel, he had like a penthouse suite. And I remember going down there on a couple occasions in the lobby and seeing him get on the elevator. And I mean always dressed to the hilt Uh with all this glittery clothes. And a couple of times I'd wave, hi, how's it going? And it was just, he was, you know, I wish I had a chance to talk to him, but that was a really unique experience bumping into little Richard in Hollywood.
3: He was all over the place. You know, he would be uh, prolific and working and then he'd retire and quit and then he'd come back and then he'd retire again. Uh, He was at Wolf Trap at least 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago. With uh Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry, and and they called, and I went out there to interview little Richard. And then when we got there with the camera and everything, they run out and said, Little Richard won't do it, he won't do it. So you know, we're, we're, we're there's lots of uh of fussing going on, and then finally they come back, okay, he'll do it. So we rush into his dressing room. And he literally has one inch of makeup on. I have, it looked like frosting on a cake. I was completely unnerved by this time because he wasn't going to do it and he was going to do it. And uh, at one point, I forget, I don't even remember what I asked him. All I know is that at one point he turned to the camera and went,
4: "Woo!"
3: (laughs) (laughs) now that's a soundbite. (laughs) uh but he was he was the one you know in the 50s which i am from uh his music literally uh, was revolutionary
2: and i think you know prince owes him a debt james brown owes Mm -hmm. him a debt i mean jerry lee lewis like stole his act kind of (laughs) so uh a lot of of artists who uh were inspired by him
3: The Beatles, the Beatles uh, covered a lot of his songs, and Mm -hmm. then you know, and also there's that issue of the Pat Boone's of the world doing pasteurized versions of his Mm -hmm. songs. So, so we uh, we salute Little Richard and Jerry Stiller. And so now let's kick it over to Jen for
1: our favorite news segment.
2: Our only new segment.
1: Our only new segment. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it's called What's Your Favorite Movie?
2: Okay, so we were talking earlier about this graduation special that's going to be on mm. TV. Yes. So I was wondering if you can think of your favorite movie that takes place at the end of school, or like a movie that's about graduating. And if that's too specific, then just favorite high school movie in general would be fine.
3: Well, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking the graduate, of course, because of mm-hmm. my age. But then uh, lately, uh, the movie that I highly recommended to you, Smart, with Beanie Feldstein, about uh, the girls who had been serious and smart all year long and decide to have one a one night adventure. And I think we both uh, highly recommend Smart to anybody. Yeah when I think of high school movies, I'm going to go with uh, Fast Times at uh, Ridgemont High.
2: Oh, that's a great movie.
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of a one of a kind. Louie.
1: How about Grease? What? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. Eve Arden. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell the leather jackets now as we do the podcast.
3: Jen, what's your answer?
2: I, I have two things. One is in terms of a graduation scene, uh, I always think of the scene in Say Anything when um,
4: Oh yeah. Ioni
2: Skye has to give her valedictorian speech and and Cameron Crowe shoots the the parents for a second. It's like every video camera. The whole audience is just like video cameras. But my favorite end of the school year movie, hands down, is Dazed and Confused. It's the
4: oh, best. I watched yeah. it
2: a hundred times. I could watch it a hundred times more. Um, It just captures that feeling of oh, this summer's going to start and all the different feelings that, that kids at that age have. And it's just fun. It's just, you want to watch that over Memorial Day weekend uh, every year.
3: These a uh, set in Austin to my my old uh, stomping grounds. Yes. So what's our best bets uh, this weekend?
2: For one thing, if you've been watching um, The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary about Michael Jordan, the mm, Chicago Bull, yeah. the final two episodes air Sunday night on ESPN. And those are the two I haven't seen. So I know that I will be watching that. And then what I mentioned before, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Kimmy versus the Reverend, if you just need laughs and laughs, it'll take a while because you can make all these different choices since it's interactive. That's a recommendation from me for the weekend.
3: And I'm going to pick up on The Great. I really want to watch that, uh, having just uh, on your recommendation. So I'm interested in The greats. And I want to say to anybody interested in history, uh, that The Asians is uh, is a highly interesting uh, series on uh, PBS. Lewis, any final
1: words? Well, I thought we'd wrap up the show. We usually try to have some kind of music at the end of the uh, podcast with one of the classics from Little Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and healthy.
4: Go to town and- Cause I need hope
0: casting system